What's going on everybody? This is Malik Prince from Team Xbox and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 58 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, November 15th, 2020. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we discuss the incredible arrival of the Xbox Series S and X, we look at what games to play and which games to avoid, and we celebrate a few of the more quiet successes around the industry as we move forward into what is now the current generation. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XCP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I want to offer a word of thanks to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the genuine shout-out goes to all those delivery drivers for the various courier services that are working from FedEx, USPS, UPS, or whatever it is in your respective country or place of living. I could not be more thankful for their efforts. It is a monstrous task to be delivering packages in 2020, given the demands of being at home for so many people uh, and the demands of, of online shopping continuing to grow. But my goodness, there's no better week for gamers to take a moment and appreciate the hard work by those people bringing us our systems. Uh, during a launch week, I was ecstatic to get my Xbox Series X. It launched, uh, or rather, it launched on one, one day. My game system was delayed by two days for my Series X. Uh, and quite fortuitously, I was able to order a PlayStation 5 on its launch day, and it just arrived a few minutes ago. And that's a very rare example of success there, but... Uh, I saw so many people unboxing and posting videos and screenshots and clips from their new systems, and it's important to take a moment and thank the people that brought them to us. I know if, if you're like me, you were watching the windows constantly, you know, hoping, looking, seeing what's going on, tracking constantly. Uh, and when my when both different couriers for each system arrived, I sounded ridiculous. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You're the best. Thank you so much. I, oh, man, I've been waiting all day. I just sounded a fool in the happiest and best of ways. So if you have the means or a method or an appropriate way to say thank you to them, whether it's putting candy out or, or you know, seeing them in person, leaving a note, take a moment and do that. It feels good uh, to be kind, and in this year, it, it helps to do that. But uh, I could not be more thankful. What a great week for gaming, and we've got a lot to talk about on this episode, so let's snap to it. I think the obvious thing to talk about in this episode, of course, will be the Xbox Series X and my experiences with it, games that I've played, games that I think you should hold off on, uh, and, and really all that kind of comes with that early experience and those early impressions. I wouldn't call them reviews because I've only had a few days with it. I'm not super technically minded. I'm more somebody who just enjoys talking about discussing my experiences with them. But before we get into those impressions, I want to cover just a few of the quieter or smaller news pieces that have come out this week. 
Uh, and then we can really just do a deep dive and another stream of consciousness type episode uh, where we talk all about you know my experiences with the Xbox. Uh, let's go first with Grounded. Now, of course, we had Adam Brennicky on the show, the studio or the game director for Grounded, uh, several months ago, and he talked about the the incredible launch they had with Grounded. They crossed a million players just two days after the game launched into early access over on PC and on Xbox One, and that's a really big deal for the Obsidian Entertainment Studio because the people that are working on that are just 14 strong. There are only 14 people making Grounded, and they hit a million players in two days. They just announced a few days ago that they crossed 5 million players now. 5 million players have taken a dive into the backyard, are experiencing the world of Grounded as it gets crafted in early access. And to me, that is a huge celebratory moment. Of course, Grounded being brought into the fold uh, by with Obsidian Entertainment coming into Microsoft Studios, but they had this unique discussion or a unique relationship with Private Division because the game was developed prior to the acquisition. Uh, but more importantly, more people are getting to experience this world and celebrate its evolution thus far. They just added uh, the new Koi Pond, which is a very big deal in that world. Uh, more to the point, they've been releasing updates constantly to make that game better and take people on that journey. And I think it's worth noting just the incredible work that that 14-man studio, 14-person uh, studio is creating there. It's it's wonderful, and you've got to celebrate that. And for them to cross 5 million players is another testament to the credibility of Microsoft purchasing them. It's a great addition to the Xbox slate. I think a lot of people uh, might have overlooked it in early access. I know I dove in briefly to give the good coverage with, with Adam Brennicky and to be familiar with the topics. But I decided to hold off, and I stand by that, holding off on actually really playing Grounded until its full release. You know, I it reminds me of Sea of Thieves in many ways. I, I played Sea of Thieves when it first launched. Cool game, cool ideas, not enough there. And I have a feeling that this early access period is giving it a leg up on games like Sea of Thieves, on games like Destiny uh, 1 and it first launched, and letting people try it out and bring a refined product so that when they hit their official release date... They're going to be that much stronger. But for 5 million people to be playing a game in early access on Xbox and, and Steam and PC, that's so cool. So cool. So bravo and congratulations to them. What an incredible accomplishment. And I really do look forward to that launch day. And I hope you guys give it a shot or check it out, whether you're an early access person or later once the full release happens. I enjoyed it. I know there's a lot, to be ha a lot of fun to be had there. And uh, just you know, for note, there's a new patch out for it that lets, even in early access, you play it in 60 frames per second on Series S and Series X. So I think that's a pretty dope thing right there. Go check out Grounded if you haven't already. Kind of one of the other more quiet things to talk about. I guess it's quiet because of all the other news, but Xbox hit its 19th birthday. That's kind of cool. Xbox has been around for 19 years. That's a really cool celebratory thing. When you look at the competition in the console space, you think of Nintendo, which has been around for oof, decades at this point. PlayStation, which has been around uh, nearly as long. Uh, in many respects, people growing up with, with PlayStation and with Nintendo so comfortably for nostalgia. And I think Xbox is arriving at that point and building its nostalgic moments there. What I think they struggle with on the Xbox front, while there's so much to celebrate in its 19 years and, and, and coming along, is, is the legacy nostalgic feel that Xbox can give. It's not on the same level, perhaps due to the lack of mascots, perhaps due to the... 
lack of variety in, in IP, something that they're constantly working to address, not something that they're unfamiliar with, uh, and very much the reason why they, they are purchasing ZeniMax and bringing those Bethesda Game Studios in while they're working on studio acquisitions, talking about games like Grounded and making that you know one of the Xbox original titles that'll, that you'll think of in that respect. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of really good vibes to think about when you reflect on 19 years of Xbox. They almost abandoned it multiple times and could have been in, in a very comfortable right. I mean, the Red Ring of Death was certainly a disaster that they really handled quite well, all things considered. You know, refunding, shipping, uh, refining the hardware there. The Xbox One's disastrous leadership of, of, of Don Matrick and launch there uh, to almost abandoning Xbox, which came out in an interview there which uh, a couple weeks ago. In statements by Phil Spencer that Microsoft almost sold off Xbox after the frustrations of the Xbox One and revitalizing it to the incredible family of devices with the One S and One X uh, through now to the Series S and Series X to xCloud to PC. There's a lot to celebrate in those 19 years. Certainly not a smooth 19 years, but uh, man, oh man, credit to the leadership and the, the, the teams that are working there now as they work to refine xbox to be something that you see on multiple platforms not just a box per se when you look at the games like master chief collection sea of thieves grounded of course and and many others that they've stuck with it it didn't stick the landing but they've built and created and molded and adapted to what it is they're being exposed to there's a lot to celebrate in 19 years it's certainly not smooth and i would never pretend to say that it is but the reason that i tend to have so much affinity and the reason I chose to cover this as my beat because I do of course play all games my PlayStation 5 sitting over there to arrive during recording of this and I'm so excited to play Miles Morales but the reason I I have an affinity for Xbox is I feel that now and really since 2015 they they work hard to value their customer and make my dollar go far and that's where I go I don't have a console allegiance per se I was PlayStation 4 at the launch of what is now last gen, Um, PlayStation 4 at the launch there. I was mostly Xbox 360 during its era, very PlayStation 1 and 2 during those eras. But I will always go where I feel most valued as a customer. And I feel that right now, all three of the console makers are giving you a reason to buy their platforms. And something about Xbox at the moment speaks to me in that I feel they genuinely want our dollars to travel far and they're providing an ecosystem that I'm comfortable with. Where and how you stand on that is, I think, an interesting discussion as long as you're open-minded to you know, various avenues of thought there. But congratulations on 19 years of Xbox. I thought it was 20, but I'm seeing 19 everywhere. Um, I, what a cool thing. What a cool journey to go. And there will be a book written or an op-ed post at some point that I'm, I'm anxious to read with all the inside stories there. And nonetheless, bravo, Xbox. Thank you for the good times uh, in the past, and I look forward to more with it. All right, let's talk Xbox Series X. Of course, what an incredible week we've had as gamers with new systems rolling out on PlayStation's side, on Xbox's side, the Series S and the Series X rolling into the fans of Xbox, and man, oh man, plenty of things to celebrate. I'll tell you my personal stories in a bit, but we should note, in a blog post put out on Xbox Wire, it was noted by Xbox that in the first 24 hours, more new consoles were sold than any prior generation, with the Xbox Series S adding to the highest percentage of new players of any Xbox console at launch. That is huge. That is huge. We've talked about Series X so much because I think many of the people that would listen to this show and many of the 
those day one buyers would likely be premium purchasers, those that are willing to throw down $500 for a new system, $200 for a memory expansion, have the latest and greatest, the shiniest, the best, the OLED TVs, which I can't afford, having all of those incredible things. But it's the Series S that is affordable and a wonderful gateway into next gen. And in my opinion, the perfect second system to have next to a PlayStation IP machine. And that seems to be in early runnings in this first week, what may be happening there. We very much need to abandon the idea of who wins generations by way of units sold. That is something that many executives are starting to embrace on both the Xbox and PlayStation side, the idea of engagement, dollar spent, time spent, being the real metrics of success. Units sold uh, is no longer the barometer because if you buy a unit and one game and that's it, there's no influx of cash happening after that. Plus, hardware is typically sold at a loss. For the Xbox Series S to be leading the charge for Microsoft moving into next-gen, to me that speaks to uh, an, an incredible investment made by a consumer to invest into a digital platform where everything they purchase will go through a digital storefront, meaning they'll be locked in on that account, and that account will serve them for years to come, whether they're playing on an Xbox piece of hardware, their phone via xCloud, or a PC. When you've got that smart delivery and that play anywhere aspect, I think there's a really good chance that people stick with Xbox for the long haul. It's a reason that, that befuddled me why PlayStation wouldn't push their digital edition more, and I, I'm curious to follow that storyline as well. Nonetheless, to have such a big launch with so many people buying into this generation and having 70% of Series X and S consoles be attached to new and existing Game Pass members is huge. What that means is 70% of, of now current gen owners of Series S and X are also Game Pass subscribers. Incredible. Whether they're Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, they have hundreds of titles now at their fingertips, lest we forget that EA Play was also added to Game Pass. They've just recently added that you can get Disney Plus as a perk for Game Pass Ultimate members. Microsoft is really investing in the Game Pass service as their platform. And I'm there for it. I am so there for it. I cannot imagine being someone who is new to Xbox in this generation, opening up your Series S or X, subscribing to Game Pass, and then seeing all of those games available to you. If you were a Nintendo or PlayStation only gamer last generation and you're now buying in and you see games that you can just download with your subscription, whether it's Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Battlefront, Halo Master Chief Collection, Gears of War 5, Gears Tactics, Sea of Thieves, Grounded. Oh my goodness, there's so much fun at your fingertips, and if you're a new investor, what an, what an incredible, overwhelming sense of value you must get with that. To those existing gamers, and this is where we talk a lot about my early impressions here, I very much feel that my Xbox Series X is an evolution and by no means a revolution of gaming. A month or so ago, they rolled out the new UI for the Xbox One set of devices. They updated the app on, on your phones, whether it's the Game Pass app or the Xbox app, to make it work with xCloud. And we got used to a lot of the refinements that we see now on the Xbox Series dashboard. And in many ways, that I think hurt and damaged the new shiny appeal of booting up my Xbox. 
but it also made it super easy to navigate. Everything's refined, subtly different, made more efficient. Any new user in this environment will very comfortably, I feel, be able to pick up and adapt to that UI quickly. I think there's a, a, a lot overblown by people when they get new technology. Maybe they're from Android moving over to Apple or from Apple to Android, to PC to Mac, that kind of thing. And they're just like, oh, this UI is so frustrating. I really don't get that vibe with either of the systems. I very much feel like they're very user-friendly and there's a lot to explore and a lot to learn that's very subtle. And in the Xbox category, they've done a fantastic job about making that UI accessible across a multitude of devices. I was on my Xbox One a week ago. I booted up my Xbox Series X, which took two minutes to set up. I downloaded, uh, or I opened my Xbox app, linked the console, it ported all my settings over, and I was done. It took two minutes from opening box to plugging in and being in my profile. Two minutes. Could not have been easier, the smoothest transition to a new piece of hardware I've ever had. And in navigating menus, it looked like my Xbox One but it was more efficient. It looks like my phone on xCloud, but efficient. It looks like the PC players in the game bar, and efficient. And to make a UI that works across all of those devices is brilliant. It's very Apple-esque. I think a lot of Apple users, uh, despite being inferior to Android users, obviously, console wars, uh, any Apple user could tell you that they can very comfortably navigate an iPad, an iPhone, or their Mac pretty simply. And that's what I think what Xbox has achieved in this launch of a generation. In doing that, I do think it changes the new shiny appeal because you know you boot up this new system and you want that brand new thing and it, it, it feels like the old thing. It's just a lot better. And, and that was kind of a funny uh, takeaway that I had from it early on. The loading is incredibly fast. I transferred things from my external hard drive, which is not SSD or NVMe or any of the cool letters that go with any of that. Uh, move things over uh, due to some some quick resume issues. It wasn't able to jump in quite right away, and I'll explain that in just a minute. Um, but really and truly, the loading is incredibly fast. Incredibly fast. There's no time to pick up your phone and tweet. And I found myself reflexively picking up <laughs> picking up my phone to to tweet during a loading screen or to scroll Twitter or look at look at whatever else. And then the game would be waiting for me to get back to it. And that's a great feeling. I, I really dig that. Uh, super neat. Now, with regards to Quick Resume, they had some issues with the rollout of that feature with some of the optimized titles. So they put that on hold for a couple weeks while they, while they clear that up. Jason Ronald tweeted out uh, something to that effect pretty early on. So if you had issues with Quick Resume, know that it's not active for some titles right now. Uh, that bothers me a little bit, if I'm being honest with you, because why would they not be if they're optimized for Series S and X? By the same token, of course, it's a launch of a new hardware. They're bringing you know, hundreds of thousands, of, well, millions, of course, we, we can see, because the Xbox One had over a million launch, or users on day one, and this surpassed that. Millions of new boxes online, downloading you know, huge file sizes to bring in Series S and X patches. Uh, so I will forgive the network stresses that would come with a new launch. However, Quick Resume does need to be activated soon because that was one of the touted features of this hardware and I would expect it to be working efficiently. Let's talk about the controller. I like it a lot. Much has been made on the PlayStation side about the DualSense and its incredible haptic feedback and I can't speak to that at this moment for comparative purposes because I haven't had enough time with it and I really I haven't even opened it. I'm just looking over at it and uh, hearing what everyone else is saying. I'm ecstatic to try it. 
But when we look at the Xbox Series X and S controller, uh, I'm using a shock blue one right now and I've not been using my Elite specifically to go hands-on with this new controller. And I really like it. Again, I go back to this idea of evolution versus revolution. There's nothing revolutionary about this new controller. There's a share button added to it. Well, we've seen that on PlayStation and the Switch, and it works great on Xbox. It really does. I found myself reflexively hitting menu and, and X or menu Y out of reflex to capture screenshots or, or video clips because that's what you had to do on Xbox One. And I'm becoming more comfortable with the share button here. It's very easy to use. There's nothing complex or complicated about it. And because I had that less than two minute setup, it's going straight to my Twitter without me having to do anything as far as login or, or verification there, which is awesome. And this controller just feels good. The texture on the, the controller feels better. It's very subtly different and refined. Taking cues from the Elite controller with textured triggers, uh, which feel great. I really like the texture on the back where, where you are holding it. It feels good in your hands. It's very slightly seemingly smaller than the Xbox One, but it's comfortable. And it's often been called, uh, the Xbox controller is often considered the best controller you know, you know, to date ever made uh, as far as, you know, like standard console stuff concerned. And we all have our preferences there. I really did like the DualShock minus its battery life. People call me crazy for that. But I really love the Xbox One controller, and this is better. This is better. The D-pad is fantastic. It's very clicky. It feels good in navigating. Could not tell you how much fun I'm having with, with Tetris Connected. It is so good uh, using that controller there. And quite comfortably, I've been putting down my Elite controller uh, to use this Series X controller, and I'm, I'm liking it a lot. If you don't want to throw down the money for it, remember your Xbox One controllers will move over and work with you there, and that's fantastic. I, can, I can't say enough about the subtle refinements to it, and I'm very pleased with it. I think you'll be very comfortable with it. I'm anxious to offer comparisons to DualSense because when you have proven technology, you know, why steer too far from it? When you have uh, the opportunity to innovate, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. Nintendo, a good example of the goods and bads there. Sounds to me like Sony has done that with their DualSense. And if that gets adopted by third parties, I'm curious as to whether or not we see Microsoft respond mid-gen, uh, certainly next-gen, I would think, but, but mid-gen uh, this time around with refined controllers. I wonder if we'll see anything there. But for my money, I'm very pleased with the Series X controller. And that shock blue, gorgeous. Gorgeous blue. Gorgeous blue. I mean, it is so Sonic the Hedgehog in nature. I accidentally bought two, which was funny. I didn't realize I bought them from two different re or one from two different retailers. Uh, so I ended up with an extra one that I'm just going to kind of keep on the shelf and in case something goes bad or I, or I need another one. I also purchased the uh, USB-C charging pack so that I didn't need to have like like mounted anything. It just plugs it in place. So far, the battery life on it seems great. I've really enjoyed it. You don't even need to use the cord that comes with it. You can use your phone charger cord, uh, which I've done a few times just to, to see how it goes. And I'm really pleased with that aspect as well. So as far as controllers are concerned, uh, I'm in it. I'm there for it. I like it a lot, and I'm anxious to offer comparisons. Let's talk about, man, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling here. There's so much to celebrate with this launch. Let's talk about the Xbox Series X design. Of course, that monolithic, uh, I don't know, rectangle? I don't know what you can call it. It looks cool, fine, you know, but you see it in all these pictures. 
What does it feel like when you open up that premium packaging and pull it out? My wife captured pictures of it over on my Twitter feed at InsipidGhost that I did not know she was taking pictures. And I looked at it like a kid at Christmas. Opening that box, that packaging was premium to say the least. Uh, and it was a short-lived experience because you're opening it up and going to plug it up. But it was really cool. It was a really wonderful presentation and amount of care that they put into that packaging. Um, but when, it, when I look at it over on my shelf and how does it fit in with the room? Brilliantly. I was wondering just how it would look uh, because it is so different in its design. Uh, both the Xbox and the uh, Series X and the PlayStation are, are just very different in terms of their console brethren prior to it. And I've been very pleased with the Series X. It looks great. It fits into the room well. Quiet as can be. I have not heard it once. It is so quiet. It does not run hot. I know there was much ado in the... In the you know, the content creator space, I can't tell if they were looking for clicks or if they had a unique experience, and I frankly don't care. When I put my hand over top of mine, uh, no warmer than the Xbox One was, and frankly, it feels a little bit cooler in many cases, and it fits very well into the room. Uh, I keep mine vertical because I think it's hideous and ugly when you put it horizontal. Loving the way it complements the room, it just fits in well. A simple, simple design. Uh, with some heft to it. There's some weight into it if you pick it up, but over on my shelf, it looks great, and I'm very pleased with it. It's just a wonderfully neat aesthetic, and it eases my worries, because I was just wondering, you know, like, all right, well, how does this vertical system going to look in my gaming room? It looks great. It genuinely looks great. Well, we've talked hardware. I think it's good to get into the games that I've been playing. Of course, there were review codes provided in some cases, and I will let you know ahead of time what I was given, what I've had time to play, what I've not had time to play. Uh, and uh, let's start first with, I think, Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs is a game, Watch Dogs Legion, mind you, is a game that I began reviewing on Xbox One, and I'm going to finalize my review here after playing it on Series X. I love Watch Dogs Legion. Of course, that code was provided by Ubisoft. Um, I genuinely love Watch Dogs Legion. It is one of the most fun games I've had this year. And if you're playing on Xbox One, there is plenty of good times to be had there, and I, I genuinely recommend that game. I'll give you a quick heads up. It's very likely Ubisoft games go on sale for around Black Friday and holiday, so if you would like to wait, go for it. You'll probably be able to save a few bucks there. But I would buy that one at full price. I love Watch Dogs Legion. I'm having a blast with it. Series X specifically, it's getting ray tracing, improved performance, loading times are so much faster. What would have taken 30 seconds to a minute now takes five seconds or less. And the, it just looks great. There's ray tracing now on the Watch Dogs Legion Series X version, and I believe Series S version. And it was weird. I booted up Watch Dogs to just continue my game from Xbox One, so efficient. At first, I didn't even notice the improvements because the game looked good anyway, but then I started looking, because I'm like, all right, I'm playing the Series X version. My goodness, there are a lot of them. I was walking by trucks uh, and seeing my reflection in certain surfaces, watching light bounce around, seeing things happen in real time that I didn't ever look for in other games. Maybe my eyes didn't care about it, I was focused on the gameplay, what have you. The Series X version looks wonderful. It only improves an otherwise great experience, and I'm genuinely loving it. I recommend Watch Dogs Legion, whatever system you're on, but if you are on Series X, you are in for a treat. The open world is fun. There are certainly things that it, it falls short in, specifically water. Like, I did this uh, little Easter egg portion where you jump off a building and you do the leap of faith from Assassin's Creed. You splash into the water. There's no splash. You just into the water, and you're back out. 
and clearly the the developers didn't focus on those aspects of the game it's like they triaged certain things there but i'm having fun it's an open world things are hackable it's not overly complex the story is generic which i uh, in this particular case it's the perfect podcast game where i'm just playing it on my series x having a good time listening to other shows where it's the iron lords or bitcast or x i don't know tons of other shows and having a good time with it i'm i'm really loving watchdog legion and i recommend it very strongly to you series s and x users are in for a treat for sure one of the other bigger launch titles, I suppose you could call it, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, launching, of course, cross-gen. There, there's a availability on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I'm playing it on my Series X. This code was provided by Activision. And I, thus far, only played multiplayer competitive. And I have to say, it is more Call of Duty. But that's a fantastic thing. Mind you, Call of Duty gunplay is impressive. There's an incredible level of depth for those who are interested in customizing their weapons, their perks, their experience now, in multiplayer. The game looks fantastic, and it plays in an immediately familiar way. It is more Call of Duty, but it's the best iteration thus far. The time to kill seems to be a little bit longer than in Modern Warfare, which I personally prefer. I should say I prefer the longer time to kill. It makes the game a little bit more... Uh, or less twitchy, I would say, because as I get older, I'm not good at competitive multiplayer, and I am enjoying my experience here, which I wasn't expecting to do because I've just faded away from competitive first-person shooters that are Twitch-based. I'm just not as good as I once was, and that's a frustration point for me because I used to be very good, and now I'm literally trash at the game. But Black Ops itself, in multiplayer, I'm really enjoying. I've only had it since Friday. The code came in uh, on the day of release, and I've only had my Series X and so much time to play it. Been playing with some buddies. It's great. We played crossplay. Uh, my friends and I were on Xbox Series S and Xs, and then Mr. Badbit was on his PlayStation 5, and it was wonderful. The crossplay was incredibly smooth compared to the PS4 and Xbox One experiences of Modern Warfare. The sound sounds incredible. Uh, I'm all in on this Black Ops multiplayer experience. I've not yet tested or had a chance to go in with the single player, which tends to be my more, more preferred and favorite methods of Call of Duty. I do love the Call of Duty campaigns. They're just fun. And I'm anxious to do that with Cold War. Uh, because it extends the Black Ops story there. Uh, but I, I would say if you're on the fence and you're like, all right, do, do you like Call of Duty? Then you're going to like Cold War. If you don't like Call of Duty, you will not. It is more Call of Duty. It's just the best version to date thus far. I'll give you more impressions about the campaign when I have them. But uh, to be honest, my plate is surprisingly full with games. I was, I was just surprised by how limited my time uh, became the moment the console arrived, particularly because it came two days late. And I'll tell that story towards the end of the show because it, it'll interrupt uh, some game talk here. So that's it for Call of Duty. Dig in that one. I've not yet had a chance to go hands-on with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The code came in for that one uh, on the day of release as well. And so I'm going to hold off on that one until I can give you actual real impressions. I know there are a lot of great reviews out there uh, that, that weigh the pros and cons of Assassin's Creed. And I'll talk about that firsthand when I have that knowledge to give you. But I wanted to wrap up my experiences with Watch Dogs and get to some other things. Like Bright Memory, this code was provided by Stride PR. Bright Memory is the prelude to the much-talked-about Bright Memory Infinite. If you've watched any of the, the recent Xbox Series X coverage, Bright, Bright Memory Infinite is going to be an exclusive title. It's made by one single developer over in China, and it is insane. 
It is insane. It's a first-person shooter where you're using swords, you're fighting monsters of all different types, and Bright Memory is effectively the ground zeros to Metal Gear 5 version of that. You could start to finish it in 35, 40 minutes, really, and if you're good, probably shorter than that. I'm not good. Um, and it's about 7 bucks over on the Xbox Store. Now, that being said, it is an incredibly cool proof of concept but it is very poorly optimized. There's screen tearing everywhere. Uh, it was recommended by a Twitter user, uh, Element Appio. He told me to turn off VSync, and I did. I think it was Element Appio. Somebody told me to turn off VSync, and I did, and that helped a lot with the screen tearing, but it was still very noticeable. The game does not run well on Xbox Series X, and that's very frustrating when you have a brand new box that you want to experience the best of gaming that it has to offer on day one. If you want the best of the best, hold off on Bright Memory. If you skip a fast food lunch, try by Bright Memory. There is incredibly cool gunplay and first person uh, swiping and moving about and, and uh, cutting up of enemies. The, the gameplay itself is very fun. It's chaotic. There's lots of great ideas and some really neat enemies that I would think that single developer just raided an asset store and combined them, putting putting wings on the face of a lion, dragging, dragons moving around. Suddenly there's zombies that are also carrying swords and shields, but also some are using guns, and there's, there's more like mini dragons that fly at you. It feels like a mishmash of the assets that are available to any any single developer and just putting them all into a game. It's fun, though, when it works. When it works. Sometimes the controls don't respond. When they do, it's awesome. And the game looks fantastic when it works, when there's not screen tearing, when it doesn't particle effect, when it doesn't just static and, and you get, like, little blue or green, like, half-screen flashes for a quarter second. It, it does a very poor job of showcasing the Series X at its best, and you'll be frustrated by that. In fact, I think it really uh, hurts that optimized for Series S or X sticker that they want to put on everything, and it's going to have you question whether or not you bought a lemon of a system. You didn't. You're playing Bright Memory, and it's broken, and it's messed up, but it's $7, and it's effectively a demo that gives you achievements, so you need to weigh that there. I, again, I was given a code, and if I spent 7 bucks on this, I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't be upset, right? Like, I mean, it's a fun, good time waster. If you like Devil May Cry, this is kind of Devil May Cry in first person in terms of gameplay uh, without the refinement and, and the cleanup there. I, I struggle to recommend you buy it. I really do because I did have fun with parts of it, and other times I was ready to throw my controller uh, and I'd be like, this new system's terrible, and that's not the case. I would say hold off on Bright Memory. I am sure, very confident, that it's going to go on sale at some point. You'll probably get it for 3 bucks. But what's $7 in the big scheme if you're buying a new console? Maybe that's a big deal for you. Maybe not. Weigh that accordingly. I am glad I played it for coverage purposes. I'm actually going to go back to it and try and grind through it, do a little better on my scores and, and get through faster. But it's broken. It is broken. And I really think they just copy-pasted the PC version and it didn't do a good job of it. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out.
Now, other games that you should be checking out that I've only got a little bit of time put into it. I've played Gears 5. It's incredible on Series X so far, but I've not really di- had a chance to dive in, dive, dove. I always question whether or not to, which one to say. Haven't played much Gears 5, just enough to say that, goodness gracious, this is the definitive best version on Series X. Uh, it's wonderful. And if you are remotely interested in Gears, you need to be playing it and checking it out because it really does showcase um, the best that that game has to offer. And, man, I'm, I'm stoked, stoked for that story DLC with the Hive Busters. I have not had a chance to boot up Gears Tactics just yet because there's just so much on my plate, and I'm very excited to play that. I hear such good things, and I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, and this holiday, when, when things at work and stuff calm down, I've got just so much to play. I don't even, like, Cyberpunk can delay again, and I'd be okay with it, just given all the wonderful experiences we have uh, available to us. I played Sea of Thieves, and, of course, that's my like go-to evergreen game. And I can tell you very comfortably, it felt like a new game. Playing Sea of Thieves on a Series X was incredible. And I cannot tell you enough how garbage the Xbox One version feels now that I've had this. The frame rate is incredible. 60 FPS, it looks wonderful. The water effects were always beautiful. It's better. The lighting is better. The colors are more vibrant. And the load times are nearly gone. On an Xbox One, booting up that game can take two, three, four minutes in some cases. Not here. Not here on Xbox Series X. And I'm very anxious. If you play on a Series S, would you please let me know what your experiences are with that? Because I could not be more thrilled to have one of my favorite games be optimized in such a way. It feels new. It feels like this is the right version. My understanding is that this is what PC players have been experiencing already. You've had a different game than I've had. You've had a different game than I've had. Sea of Thieves is wonderful. I've also been playing Tetris Effect, which I know was on PlayStation VR, and a lot of people had a chance to experience it there, but a lot of people didn't because VR is a very limiting, I think, uh, access point for gaming. There's a lot of people. It's a very privileged point of access. Well, now on your Series S or Series X, you can play Tetris Effect. It's in Game Pass do it. It is the coolest game. I'm telling you right now, if you have Game Pass, if you don't have Game Pass, you need to find a way to play Tetris Effect. On the Xbox, it's connect, It's Tetris Effect connected. If you've got it on PlayStation, great, play it there. I don't care. That game is incredible and perhaps one of the best launch games ever made. It reminds me in many ways of how we all started talking about Rezogun back on the PS4 launch. I'm telling you, Tetris Effect is one of, if not the best games available on the Series X right now. Go play it. It is Tetris, and it is not Tetris. It's so much more than that. The music and the soundtrack is beautiful, and it is wonderful. And I'm so excited to bring my wife uh, over to my Xbox and, and, and play this game with her. It's awesome. It is so cool. You can play it solo, co-op, online, competitive. I love Tetris Effect, and I've only dipped my toe into it. I will be playing this for years to come. Play Tetris Effect. Before we get to listener mail, which I'm so excited to take here, I want to thank so many of you for filling my timeline this past week with joy. I was joy scrolling as I watched so many people unbox their new systems and talk about their new experiences. Similarly, I've watched a ton of people that might have had trouble getting a new system or are holding off. Uh, being supportive and kind to one another. And after a year of doom scrolling, whether it's the political stuff, the climate, the, the social relations and the failures of people to be kind to one another, um, it was so great to see good news on my timeline. And so thank you all for that. Uh, and in that same respect, 
uh, many of you wrote in with your listener mail or tweeted me at insipidghost or emailed me insipidghost at gmail.com with your stories, with your thoughts on the series S and X, and it was it was just such a wonderful mental respite to see how much uh, people were, were celebrating gaming this past week, watching people tweet, congratulations to Xbox, congratulations to PlayStation, to see people talking about which games they're having the most fun with, and it was awesome. Uh, and in that same vein, many of you wrote in asking me, me different questions about my experiences, and so let's address uh, a few of them. Sergeant Bones, who is one of the Mega Dads, if you're unfamiliar with Mega Dads content and you're a parent, they do such great gaming content that uh, really, really identifies with parents over there, so check out the Mega Dads. But Sergeant Bones asks, with the lack of any true next-gen exclusive, do you feel like it was worth the upgrade, or would you advise those who didn't already grab one to wait until 2021 or later when the first wave of true Xbox Series X games only hit? Great question. Great question, uh, Chris. Uh, That is a, a question that is going to be layered in my response. With the lack of a true next-gen or now current-gen exclusive, should you upgrade? I think if you have the means, you absolutely should. It was a new experience playing these older games. Something that Microsoft has been working very hard to do is offer a comfortable transition into what is now current-gen, into this world of Xbox where no longer are you thinking about, is this an Xbox One game or a 360 game or a Series X game? Is it an Xbox game? And the load times are incredible. The games look more vibrant. It moves to at a faster and better frame rate. Everything runs better on an Xbox Series X in my experience thus far. If you're holding back due to financial reasons, uh, availability reasons, because of course people, people are, are struggling to find them because they're, they're sold out everywhere, you are not left behind right now in any ecosystem. PlayStation is doing a good job at making their stuff available uh, to PlayStation 4 owners as well. If you have the means to upgrade, you absolutely should now. It's an investment in your future, and it will immediately make the games you're playing now better. If you are a PC player and you have access to uh, you know, a $2,000 rig, yeah, stick with PC. There's no reason to buy a $500 uh, piece of hardware and, and play the same games. But right now on the market in the PC space, it's very expensive to match the Xbox Series X. It's very expensive to do so. And the Xbox Series X is a wonderfully engineered console. I'm so impressed with it. I would tell you to upgrade because it'll make everything you're playing now better. And moreover, uh, you'll find that you're getting more out of the games you're playing and you're invested in the future. I mean, do you want to play Gotham Knights on an Xbox One or do you want to play it on a next-gen or now current-gen system in the best ways possible? If that means you dive in on a Series S, do so. Of course, we could tout the killer app that is Game Pass and all the wonderful things that brings, um, but I would not recommend anybody hold off unless there's a financial or availability reason involved. So if there is, you're still not being left behind, and you can wait, and that's fine. But the new Shinies, I think, are justifiable, even lacking a game that can't be played on on last gen. I mean, over on the PlayStation side, Miles Morales is my most anticipated game. Technically, I could go play that on PlayStation 4. And if you you have a kid at Christmas and they want to play the new Spider-Man, they can do so. If you've got a kid at Christmas that wants to play, you know, the, the incredible games that are available on Game Pass like Jedi Fallen Order, they can do so. They don't need to see the upgrades on Series S or X right now if if we don't have the availability or the finances to do so. But when you do, you'll be pleased and you'll be happy with it. 
Todd Oxter writes in with one of my favorite questions. He asks, what new games are you most excited for on next gen? And those are two very an- easy answers for me, uh, Todd. Gotham Knights is the one right now that I'm most looking forward to. I love the Arkham series. Arkham Knight was my favorite game of last generation. I don't think it was the best game of last generation, but it was my favorite by far. I love the Batman universe. And to see more coming with Gotham Knights and all the the impressive things that my Series X can do now, I can only imagine how great it's going to be on on Gotham Knights. So that's my number one most excited about for next gen, but I often forget it because my mind is it regularly jumps to Halo Infinite because we're supposed to be playing it right now, and we are not. And lacking that big, shiny launch title, I often think about what Halo Infinite would have brought. To that effect, there's other, there's plenty of other games in the future. Some we know about, some we don't. Uh, I'm very anxious to see what State of Decay 3 brings. Curious to see what comes of all these, these Bethesda studios in the future. Will we see more Dishonored? Will we see all new IP? Will we see Doom continue to evolve? Doom Eternal is... Uh, too hard for my personal taste, but an incredible game nonetheless. Many people would talk about Avowed or Fable down the line. But really, Todd, beyond Gotham Knights and Halo, I'm most excited for what we don't know at the moment, for the things we don't know. I'm one of those people that very rarely gets excited early for a game. It's very rare exception that I will get hyped. It's it's only until like the week before that I'm like, yes, I'm ready. Uh, and, and I don't know why that is for me, but like I wasn't even into Call of Duty until like two days before. And then I was like, yes, let's do this. Uh, and, and that's just kind of how I operate. But to answer your question in, in, in a very long, drawn-out answer, Gotham Knights and Halo Infinite are my most anticipated. And I extend this question to the audience. What are you most excited for in the future? Whether it's Xbox or not, I'm curious to know. Tweet me, at Ghost. Let me know. Famous Seamus, the most famous Seamus that I've ever met and definitely a better friend to me than he is to Mr. Bad Bit. Joe, you suck. Uh, He has two questions here that I really dig. Uh, The first being, what is my biggest criticism of the Xbox Series X? That is a great question, Famous Seamus, and one that I'd like you to ask again in a month or so. Remind me to answer this question again in a month or so when I've had more time with it. Uh, My early criticisms are very, very light. In fact, it's really not about the Series X, I suppose, so much as the UI uh, compatibility over on the app. When they redid the app, it's very clean and it's good and it's easy to navigate, but they removed the function of the store, so you can't redeem codes on the map and you can't buy games on the app. And that ticks me off to no end because that was the best thing about the old Xbox app. So that really frustrates me. And uh, while it's not Series X specific, it is Xbox ecosystem relevant. And uh, I very, very rarely now think Xbox Series anything. I just think Xbox. So that's my my first criticism. Uh, The next thing is not a criticism per se, but it is relevant, I think. And that's the controller I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's one of the best Xbox controllers ever made, if not the. But the DualSense is turning heads right now, and I wonder if we see Microsoft react to it. So not a criticism, but I'm curious to see if they find themselves in a position where they're not the best controller on the market any longer. Uh, And again, I can answer that later on after a more personal experience. Plus, right now, everyone is in a honeymoon period with these new consoles. People are raving about the DualSense. People are raving about the incredible design of the Series X. They're, uh, I think rightfully, frustrated by the egregious size of the PlayStation 5. And how much will these things matter 
in a week, in a month, in six months. You know, it's all about software. That would, I think, be the final portion of my frustrations is there is no new shiny, brand new, must-have play game on the Xbox Series X. That was intentional by Microsoft, by Xbox, and, and truly by PlayStation as well uh, to not leave any of their incredible, uh, incredibly well-established audiences behind. It does make it odd to go buy your new system and not have the game to boot up. A lot of these games that are optimized for Series S and X do a wonderful job showcasing the early abilities of these systems, but they don't end-all, be-all it. You know, there's no one thing that you must play right now, and that's that's interesting. PlayStation, I think, did a better job marketing Miles Morales as a PS5 game. That's the one I'm excited for, and I can play that on PS4, but I feel like it's a PlayStation 5 game. There is nothing on Xbox that I feel is a Series S or X ex ex exceptional game. The only day one game, I think, was uh, Gears Tactics from Microsoft Studios, and that's been available on PC. Still excited to boot it up and play it. Still love booting up my Xbox. That's my ecosystem. But there's no day one thing that you've got to play. So I think that's a, a fair criticism. I hope I answered your question. Uh, but if none of it's really hardware-based, I don't think. Maybe. I don't know. Your next question, do you notice any games looking better on the Series X? Absolutely. Every single one. I talked about it with Sea of Thieves, with Watch Dogs. They all look better. Man, real talk. They all look better on my Series X. My TV is uh, not great. It's a 4K TCL TV, but uh, I don't have the finances to go get the OLED 120 refresh rate type thing. I saved for a year and some change to buy this PlayStation 5, this Xbox Series X, and it will take me equally as long to save for the appropriate TV. Uh, and even with that acknowledgement, everything looks better. Everything looks better, Famous Seamus. That's going to do it for the, the informational portion of the show. And I, I just mentioned briefly that I would tell you my little story of, of the Xbox Series X. Uh, I got the notifications that it would ship, and I was so excited. And it was supposed to be here on launch day, and then it got delayed to the next day, the following day, which was Veterans Day, and a holiday for me. So I was like, that's cool. It'll arrive, and I'll play all day on my day off. It'll be amazing. Uh, got another notification because of heavy rain in our area that it got delayed to Thursday. So I was two days uh, Series X-less, I suppose. I could not play my Series X in the first two days that I thought I would be. And there was a, a, a big frustration point because I would just stare out of my window thinking if I heard a truck or whatnot. On, uh, on the Wednesday that I had off, two UPS trucks went by. One of them dropped off a controller, one of them dropped off uh, my Halo Infinite statue. And then a FedEx truck came by and dropped off some stuff for my wife. No Series X. It was so frustrating and torturous to be looking out there knowing that UPS trucks were running, but that my Series X was in a warehouse in city. That was frustrating, uh, to say the least. And then, amusedly, happily, fortuitously for myself, uh, Wario64 tweeted a link to PlayStation 5. On the day of launch, I ordered it, and it arrived here on this Sunday. That's very fortuitous, very rare, unlikely that that happens regularly. Um, I, I'm very fortunate and, and lucky in that respect that I now have a PlayStation 5, but it was very hard to find, and I just, luck of the draw, I got here so quickly. So I'm ecstatic about that respect. We'll see, I haven't, I haven't even booted it up yet. Um, but it was one of those things that I was very appreciative of Warrior 64 and of the, the FedEx drivers, the UPS drivers, etc., because they really they, they they came through on on that one, and they've got a, they've had a tough year to say the least. Those delivery people, so uh, mad props to them on that respect. 
Oh, goodness gracious. I meant I was going to talk about the Steel Series 7X headset because I've been using it on Series X. I will save that for next week. I can just in very short terms TLDR it. It's the best headset I've ever used. And I'll talk more about my experience with that at some point. Guys, that is it for me. What a great episode. I had so much fun talking next gen or now current gen with you. Please write into the show. Let me know what you think. Drop an iTunes review, all that jazz. Bottom line, enjoy your gaming and take care, guys. Thank you.